Hi everyone and welcome to Empowering the Opposition. My name is Dr. Nafis Alam and our topic today will be practical education, topics that are rarely covered in formal education despite real-world relevance. Now, um, this podcast episode isn't designed to um, downplay the importance of formal education the way that it is today. Uh, Math, science, English, um, all, history, all of these subjects have a great deal of relevance in regards to uh, developing someone who is cultured and knowledgeable of past, present, and potential future. So uh, it's not to downplay any of that, but rather to highlight some of the areas of education that appear still to be lacking and uh, topics that are scarce in majority of public education today. Topics like nutrition, topics like fitness, taxation, how to do your taxes, for example. Uh, Sex education, not so much. It's only uh, in certain areas of of the United States and and the world. Uh, Buying a house, negotiating uh, a good price on a car. Um, These are some topics that uh, are rarely talked about in formal education, um, which... uh, Perhaps they should be and perhaps they shouldn't be, and that's what empowering the opposition is about uh, and considering uh, opposing viewpoints. So uh, the primary viewpoint, um, which uh, or the dominant viewpoint, I should say, which is what it is right now, is that um, education should remain what it is. Uh, That's what the dominant viewpoint is, and we'll get into the opposing viewpoint uh, in a moment. But the idea is that education, the way that it is with English, with science, different kinds of science, you know, bio, art science, physics, chemistry, um, mathematics, algebra, um, you know, calculus, the way that education is right now has been producing scholars, uh, for the most part, who have been quite successful. I think it's difficult to argue that uh, humanity isn't in a good place as a collective when it comes to um, academia, when it comes to knowledge, when it comes to technology, when it comes to these uh, these areas. Um, that being said, it, it is a good point because why would you change something that appears to be working, appears to be working, um, for something that has not yet really been tried and thus could yield lesser results than what we've been seeing thus far. So the dominant viewpoint would be that, which is to keep education the way that it is. However, the opposing viewpoint is that education, just like anything, um, should continue to evolve, should continue to progress forward. And we know more today than we did in the past. And should we not then take a evidence-based approach to education? We know that obesity, for example, is a huge issue, especially in the United States, but also across the planet. Should we not then discuss proper nutrition and fitness early on in a, in a child's academic journey? I'm talking elementary school, maybe even junior high school, definitely high school. Should we not start this conversation early so that we build uh, children up to be adults who are aware of Um, healthy lifestyles, let's call it, from a nutrition and fitness uh, standpoint. Um, Everyone has to do their taxes at one point or another in their lives. Um, So should we not have more courses or more classes early on in life around taxation? 
um, how to buy a house, how to negotiate a car. It's very likely that um, people will be, even if it's not buying a house, how to find a good rental property to, to, to assess and make sure that you're not paying too much and to make sure that it's in the right place in town and it's close to where you work, close to where you might be going to, uh, might be going to school. These are practical bits of information that could be very helpful. Um, recently, I've started working with uh, Boise Rescue Mission and developing curriculum around um, uh, some life skills matters. Um, and some of the topics that we discussed is that uh, people need to understand that just because you're not hungry right now, you likely will be in a few hours, and thus perhaps you should start cooking or thinking about what you're going to eat and make a healthy choice before the choice needs to be made. Um, and in that regard, if you start cooking right now, and it may, maybe it takes an hour, hour and a half to cook the meal that you have, by the time you get hungry, the food is prepared, and it's sort of just planning ahead in that sense. So same thing with fitness, uh, and, and particularly with nutrition. A lot of people that I've worked with in the past, and I've continued to talk to today, don't fully understand what the value is in carbs, proteins, fats, you know, the macronutrients, much less understanding the micronutrients like sodium, potassium, um, fiber, and things like that. So, uh, so for us to educate people on the topics of nutrition, for example, could be very beneficial as long as we do it in a way that is not harmful to to their psyche and what they want to accomplish. Now, what I mean to say in that regard is that take smoking cigarettes, for example. Uh, people who smoke cigarettes still know that it's not good for them, yet they do it anyway. What we cannot do, in my opinion, in educating on nutrition and fitness, for example, uh, we can't make it such that people are uh, made to feel less of themselves if they choose not to live out the lessons that they're learning in class. For example, uh, many of you might know this, but I have a very restricted carb intake, about 50 grams per day. Um, my protein intake is very, very high, sometimes up to 300 grams per day, and my fat some, falls somewhere between 50 and 300 grams uh, per day. And that's my nutrition plan based on the fitness goals that I have uh, for myself as being an athlete and being you know, in all the things that I'm doing. My fitness plan as well is, is very structured um, and it's based on what I've learned about fitness in general and also what I've learned about myself by, you know, living with myself for 37 years right now. Now, that's what I'm doing and that those are lessons that I can certainly teach. But in teaching those lessons, I have to be aware of the fact that not everybody is going to want to limit their carbs. Not everybody is going to want to put the lessons that they learn into play. Um, some people might learn about healthy eating, having a salad instead of a burger, but then choose to have the burger anyway. And they can't ma be made to f uh, feel bad about themselves as a result because that's the quickest way to failure is um, sort of lacking encouragement and, and demonizing and shaming uh, for making, you know, one or two poor choices, or even a lifetime's worth of poor choices, um, you know, shaming is never going to be effective in education. 
Um, the idea isn't to have agreement, rather to have understanding so that if at any point in someone's life they do want to be healthier, they'll know how to be healthier. And I think that's the goal of education. It's not to force people to think a certain way or to do certain things, rather to allow uh, students, for example, and people in general, to understand their options so this way they can choose the option that's best for them and have the ability to choose different options in the future if, you, if they so choose. So perhaps high school, junior high school, and elementary schools should have more topics on nutrition and how how to break it down in the sense that what is good for you, what isn't good for you, and even if you make poor choices in the food that you eat and the fitness levels that you have, at least you know what you can do in the future if you choose to go in this direction. Um, I think it's, it's vital that education not be shaming. Same thing with taxation. Um, it's something that's going to that's gonna come up at some point in an adult's life. As soon as you start earning money, you are getting taxed. Um, and to understand taxation can help people, uh, young kids turning into adults, um, be more knowledgeable on what the expectations will be of them as they become adults, um, buying a house, renting a home, uh, understanding square footage, for example. The first time I moved out of my parents' house, I had no idea how many square feet my parents' home was. So um, when I saw some ads online, I didn't know if 500 square feet versus 2,500 square feet, like what difference does that make? And it makes a huge difference, that's for sure. You know, and uh, the difference between having a top floor apartment or a bottom floor apartment, the pros and cons there. Um, getting the right price, understanding how to figure out what neighborhood you want to be a part of, uh, proximity to school, proximity to work, proximity to a park if you have a pet, let's say, or if you like to ride your bike. Um, you know, if, if uh, uh, me, as, as many of you know, I like to skateboard. So how close am I living to the skate park um, if that's what I want to do and with my free time? So just understanding that um, which might sound simple for most of my listeners, uh, but it, it you can admit that it wasn't simple when you were in the process of figuring this out. And perhaps it would have been best to uh, to get some of these lessons early on in your academic career, so this way you'd know what you're getting into as you were becoming <clears throat> as you were becoming an adult. Negotiating a car. I mean, this is one thing that I wanted to say for closer to the end here. In that um, a lot of adults, a lot of people who are older than me have asked me to uh, come to dealerships with them to help them negotiate their, uh, their car prices. Do you know what a dealer invoice is? Um, do you know what an actual dealer invoice is? Do you know how to negotiate the price down? Do you know how to be realistic in negotiations so you're, not, you know, you're taking seriously um, what percentage markup is there in certain vehicles and you know, how much can you really negotiate before it becomes ridiculous and impossible to, to, to complete a deal? These are some lessons that it's general information and perhaps it should be covered earlier in, uh, in the academic journey for, for kids turning into adults. Um, sex education, of course, uh, that goes without saying. Um, I don't want to cover sex education too much here because it's a topic that's been covered by other podcasts and other YouTube channels in general, but um, perhaps sex education should be a more mainstream part of 
uh, of academic curriculum, even in you know elementary school, junior high school, definitely high school, um, because kids are having sex, well, people are having sex earlier and earlier in their lives, and um, abstinence, might get in trouble for saying this, but abstinence is appearing to be less and less realistic, and thus should we not take a responsive approach to education and help um, help people make good choices since most of them appear to be making the choice of having sex should they then not know, uh, rather, should they then know what healthy choices are when it comes to sexuality. Now that's that side of the argument, but going back to the initial side, perhaps education should remain what it is, which obviously, as you can tell, I, I fall on a particular side of the argument. Otherwise, why would I be recording this podcast? But again, with the idea of empowering the opposition in mind, I know where I stand, but the opposition also has a very good point to make. Perhaps the topics that I've talked about today are not built for the classroom. Perhaps the topics that I've talked about today are designed for parents to teach their children. Perhaps parents should be teaching their kids about nutrition, fitness, taxation, sex education, buying a house, negotiating cars, renting a home. Perhaps these are lessons that are left for parents to teach their kids. Is that realistic? Possibly for some some parents. My parents certainly taught me all of these, uh, well, some of these things, I should say. Uh, they tried to stay away from sex education as much as they could uh, for cultural reasons. But, uh, but the other topics they were very good on, especially nutrition. Um, both my parents are very specific on helping me understand how to make healthier choices. And now I'm actually uh, giving them advice on making healthier choices uh, when it comes to carbs, proteins, fats, macronutrients, and stuff like that. So, so perhaps these topics are left for the home and not for the school environment. That might be one side of the argument. The other side of the argument is that perhaps um, school schools should be taking more of a responsibility in teaching these topics um, with the understanding that perhaps these topics are not being taught comprehensively enough at home. So again, there's no real answer to that, but it is important to consider uh, the viewpoints here and the perspectives here without taking sides. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I'm Dr. Nafis Alam, and this has been Empowering the Opposition. See you next time. <laughs>